You know, some people enjoy composing their own music, chord by chord, and others are happiest when they come across that one perfect song. Work is not a lot different than that. Whether you prefer building your own workflow or using a pre-made template, with Monday.com, you and the team can work in a way that's comfortable for everyone. Tap the banner to go to Monday.com and build your own amazing workflow or find an awesome template. No judgment. Floorboards the shingles. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we are so happy to be here to help with your home improvement projects. Let us solve those do-it-yourself dilemmas. There's got to be a project on your to-do list. Are you really cold right now? Are your heating bills really high right now? Would you like to do something to the inside of your house because you're tired of staring at those four walls? Uh, during these chilly days of winter. All great reasons to call us at 888-666-3974. Hey, coming up this hour, power outages can strike without warning, especially with these winter winds and ice storms that are happening across the country. To make sure you don't get caught in the dark without a plan, we've got your blackout survival tips just ahead. And if you're already looking forward to spring, well, we're going to share some tips to help you get head first into those plans. We're going to tell you which outdoor living trends will be making an appearance when the weather warms up so you'll be one step ahead plus are you looking to add an extra bathroom well the basement could be just the place this old house plumbing contractor richard trithui is going to stop by with a lowdown on how to get that job done and one caller this hour gets to turn their garage door into a smart garage door with the myq universal smartphone garage door controller from chamberlain yep it's a prize worth 129 dollars going out to one caller drawn at random from those that reach us for today's show so let's get to it the number is is one eight 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 Money Pit eight 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 six 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 three nine seven four. Ronnie in Maryland's on the line and has a question about a paintsicle. You know, when a gallon of paint freezes and you wonder if you can still use it. Welcome, Ronnie. How can we help you? Uh, yes, I was wondering if that's. I have some uh, latex paint that was out in the garage. I live in a part of Maryland here where things freeze up. I was wondering if the paint was still good when it's frozen, and if it is frozen. If, how I find out if it was frozen or not. All right. So is it currently frozen? Do you know, has it been frozen only once or have you had it like a year or two and it's probably frozen a couple of times? Uh, I have no idea how old it is. It was actually, I bought a house and there's lots of gallons of leftover paints that were in the garage. You not only have, <laughs> have frozen paint, you have old frozen paint that could have had a long history to it. I mean, uh, the short answer is, a definite maybe. I mean, I think that if you ask the manufacturers, Leslie, they'd say no, but I think we've all used some frozen paint before. I mean, they're, they're brand new cans of paint I opened up. I can see that they're separated a little bit, but that's why I didn't know if they were actually good or if they were bad. If I mixed them back up, they were good? Or Well, I mean, here's the deal. I would start by bringing the paint indoors, let it get to room temperature, and then stir it. If it stirs and starts to go creamy, then it's probably okay. If it still looks lumpy, then I'd say no. Um, you know, the issue is that 
latex paint has a large quantity of water in it. So obviously that's going to freeze and cause things to separate. And then you might end up with problems with adhesion and peeling and perhaps color not matching. That's what I thought. If there was any lumpy stuff that might have been, I could run into a cheesecloth or something like that. No, you wouldn't want to. If it's if it's lumpy or cottage cheesy looking in any kind of way, that just means that all of the you know additives that cause it to adhere have completely separated and are not sort of going back into the paint itself. So I wouldn't strain it off because then it's just truly not going to stick. So if it's separating like that, chuck it. But if you mix it and it looks creamy and it seems okay, I'd give it a go. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Kayla in Iowa, you've got the Money Pit. How can we help you today? Just got married and moved into a new home. And it already had a Honeywell whole home humidifier installed in it. And um, it seemed like a dream come true. I thought it was going to be amazing. But um, we have 100 amp service. And every now and then our breaker will trip. And um, I, you don't even know downstairs unless you're down there. And um, I've gone down a couple times. And it was, the basement is flooded. And it floods, like, um, over into the other room like into the where I eventually want to lay carpet and have like a family room. Is that because the dehumidifier uh, condensate pump stops working? I'm not sure what it is. There's like an overfill um, thing for it, and I'm assuming it's supposed to lead to a drain, but the drain is in um, the laundry room, which is in the opposite direction. Okay, so when everything is working correctly, this dehumidifier is going to take moisture out of the air, drop it into a reservoir, which you either have to empty or it will pump out somewhere. Usually, if it's got a condensate pump associated with it, it can pump up sort of against gravity, and there's a clear plastic tube that goes out and leads to a drain somewhere or even outside the house. If you have a power failure, you know, it's not going to work, um, and it might um, actually start to leak maybe back into that room where you are. Of course, the dehumidifier is not working at that time, so it's not going to leak for long, but I could see how it could create a bit of a puddle. So your problem is not so much with the dehumidifier, but why you're having a problem uh, popping these breakers. Now, 100-amp service is uh, service is actually a pretty darn good service, and it, it frequently doesn't get the respect it deserves. When these breakers pop, it's not usually because you're pulling more than 100 amps, it's because whatever circuit you have on this particular dehumidifier on is uh, needs to be improved, perhaps by adding an additional circuit. But the service for the house should be fine. Okay. Um, it does have a clear hose that leads outside. That's what's going on. When your power goes out, the pump stops working, and that's why it's leaking. Okay? So focus on getting uh, this plugged into a circuit that is a little bit bigger than what you have right now. An electrician could, could help you sort this out, but it's not a big deal to add an additional circuit just for that device. All right. Sounds good. All right. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Paul in Alaska is on the line with a roofing question. What can we do for you? I have a 45-year-old uh, built-up roof, and it was at the age of the house, and um, it's, uh, it just needs to be replaced. And so um, I'm looking at uh, one of three uh, options, the EPDM, which is the 0.06-inch rubber um, that would have, I guess, have recovery board under it. And then there's two um, uh, torch-down options. One is APP and one is SBS. Now, I'm told the SBS is one contractor that actually offers that and says that, uh, you know, it's less susceptible to cracking, so it lasts longer. We have about a 100-degree swing in temperatures here in Anchorage between about 80 above to maybe minus 20. Um, but the SBS can be torched down, cold, or mop. 
Um, and, of course, the, um, the APP, I guess, is just basically Torchdown. But- okay, well, um, first things first, in terms of the flat roof, I mean, Torchdown roofs or the EPDM roofs, I think, would be my choice in those environments. And what really makes the difference with these flat roof installations is simply the workmanship, because there's just no tolerance for errors. You know, if you're putting in a sloped roof and, and you can be a little sloppy with your assembly of the roofing shingles, for example, and they're pretty forgiving and, and, and usually don't leak, the flat roof, if you get it wrong, you're going to have a mess on your hands. So I would make sure that the contractor was very experienced with flat roof installation and then let them work with the product that they're going to be willing to back up. Thank you very much. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Give us a call. Let us know what you are working on this winter weekend. We're here to give you a hand 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You know how to call us, 888-MONEY-PIT. 888-666-3974. Up next, don't get stuck in the dark without a plan. We've got your power outage survival tips after this. You live in a Money Pit. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get socked with allergens too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their ultra-HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. Making good homes better. Welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Call us right now at 888-MONEY-PIT because we are here to help you with your home improvement projects. Plus, this hour we're giving away a fantastic product. It is called MyQ from Chamberlain. It's a universal smartphone garage door controller. Not an opener. It's just a controller. It works with your openers and allows you to monitor and control your garage door from just about any smartphone. You can get alerts when the garage door opens and closes. It installs in minutes using your home's Wi-Fi system. It's available at the Home Depot or at homedepot.com and is worth 129 bucks. Going out to one lucky caller drawn at random, make that you. Give us a call right now at 888-MONEYPIT. Janice in South Carolina, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? Uh, yes, I have bought a new outside storage shed type building. You know, you get at the big box stores. And I wanted to know how you can, what's the best way to treat the exterior wood 
to keep it lasting longer. And also maybe the inside, the wood inside, the best thing to do for it. Is it made of pressure-treated lumber, Janice? Um, they call it, well, it's got lumber on the trim, and then the other, they call that smart siding. And that's the, you know, the side of the walls and stuff are small, on the outside, smart siding. Okay, so has it been painted? No, no, it's, it's just raw wood. Okay, so what we would do is we recommend that you prime it first. And I guess you have an option to paint it or stain it, depending on how the siding actually looks. But you want to prime it first. And then after you prime it, then you could add a couple of coats of either good quality exterior paint or good quality exterior stain. You don't necessarily have to do anything to the inside as long as it's watertight. But I would definitely work on the outside uh, before it gets any colder out. Okay. All right. All right. Thank you. All right. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. We've got Mike in Delaware on the line who needs some help with a front porch that's cracking up. What's going on? Cracks about five feet long. They're anywhere from about an eighth of an inch wide to uh, three-eighths of an inch wide okay. at some point. Uh, they're absolutely not straight. Um, they formed uh, probably just a month after the porch was poured. Had the greatest guy do my basement. It's perfect. It's still perfect. We've been here like 20 years, but the porch cracked like instantaneously so evidently he was sick that day yeah it sounds like it cracked from shrinking i mean it just might have been how the concrete was that day who knows but it's been like that for 20 years it's been like that for uh yeah about that pretty close so you just want to wait to kind of spruce up the space is the porch fully exposed or is it under a roof well it's, it's under a roof but it's not um so you can use an epoxy patching compound on those cracks to fill them in, and then you're going to have to decide how you want to finish the porch beyond that. I mean, you could use an epoxy paint. That's a perfect application for it. I have rescue it. Well, that's a different type of paint. That's uh, that's used for uh, to fill in old weathered surfaces that are cracked and worn wood and concrete. I think it'll work for that. The one thing about Rescue that has my, I'm a little concerned about is it's not rated for any surface that an automobile can go on. And so that means it probably doesn't have the same adhesion than, say, an epoxy paint would. So just a little concerned about uh, the adhesive qualities of it. But, I mean, it's a good product. It's a good brand. And, and that was that was part of my reason for the call. I, I was wondering um, the directions are not fantastic on the can. Should I be etching the cement before I apply it? Yeah, I think that you do have to do a really good job prepping it for a product like that. And in fact, even for epoxy paint, um, there are special uh, solutions that that uh, help you do a really good deep clean on that concrete surface. And then it's also going to be equally important that you let it dry really, really well because you don't want to put uh, any paints on surfaces that are damp or moist because it will impact its adhesion. So do I need to actually enclose the porch in plastic for a time? No, I don't think so. As long as you have, you know, decent weather, right, Leslie? Yeah, but you do need to make sure that the concrete is dry. I know they usually recommend doing a test where you tape a piece of plastic down over like a patch of concrete. And I think you leave it for like a day. I'm not sure, 12 hours, something like that. But if you peel it back and there's any dampness on the underside, you know, from condensation on the underside of the plastic, then it's a no-go. you got to let it dry out more. If it comes out dry, then you can go for it. The other thing I know with Rescue It is that you have to make sure that if it's a quarter-inch crack or less, that you go in with a brush first and sort of like dab it into the cracks and the crevices until it's filled. And anything that's deeper or bigger, you're going to want to fill with some sort of patching compound. Because otherwise, like, I'm just guessing that it's some sort of like hyper rubberized paint so it's just kind of kind of sticked over and into the crack and that's why when they're saying don't drive on it 
because I think it would have too much movement and cause it to stretch out. So anything that's bigger than a quarter inch, you're going to have to fill those before you go ahead and do it. Yeah, that's been very helpful. Thank you. All right. Well, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. You've all seen the news stories about the entire towns that go for power without days at a time. If a nasty winter storm was to leave you without power, what should you do? Well, number one, guys, don't use candles. I know you're always, you know, instinct is to grab a candle, but don't. Why don't you invest in some good flashlights? Keep them handy. Always keep them in the same spot and remember to check the batteries often. Yep. And during an outage, you want to be sure to power down appliances and then don't restart them until electricity has been restored for at least a half hour or so. This way, the utility company can kind of sort of stabilize the power grid and avoid yet another blackout. Has this ever happened to you, Leslie? You get a blackout, power comes on and it goes off. It comes on, oh, yeah. it goes off. Happens a lot in the summer because everybody's trying to just rush to get the air conditioners back on. But you got to give it a little bit of time for them to kind of get used to the grid and leveling everything out before you turn everything back on again. Yeah, plus if there's this immediate surge of demand with everybody turning it back on immediately, it's never going to stabilize. So just be patient, guys. Now, here's another thing that has to do with patience. Do not open your refrigerator, guys, when the power is out. You want to keep all that cold air inside. You want to eat the food from the fridge first and the freezer later because your frozen items, they can actually last several days. So you want to make sure that you kind of, I don't know, take a picture of what's in the fridge, memorize what's in the fridge. This way you know what you're getting. Open it fast, grab something, and then close it right back up. Next up, and this is happening all too often when we have power failures, you want to avoid becoming a victim of carbon monoxide poisoning. So how do you do that? Well, you never run a gas power generator indoors or even in an open garage. And also avoid cooking with charcoal or propane in that kind of area, too. If it's enclosed, even if it's a garage with an open door, do not do it. The carbon monoxide will find its way back up into your house, and it can make you really sick or worse. Yeah, and you know what, guys? If you want to just avoid a bad situation altogether, why not consider investing in a standby backup power generator? They're really affordable. I mean, much more affordable than they've ever been before. And they're almost more necessary than ever as well. Yep. And while you might not be able to recoup your entire investment, an automatic standby generator is a great selling point for your home, too. 888-666-3974. Do you need us to help to restore the power in your home improvement projects? Call us right now at 1-888-MONEYPIT. Alan, New York has a roofing question. What can we do for you? wondering, uh, since my roof blew away, what's the progress on the uh, solar-powered roof shingles? You say your roof blew away. What happened, Al? Uh, well, it's old. It's old. It's like 40-year-old asphalt on top of cedar shingles and a little storm here and there. We got $18 from FEMA. Okay. <laughs> we got 8000 8000 from the insurance company, which is owned by the bank. All right. Well, listen, at least you got something towards it. But listen, if you're, if you're asking me, are solar shingles uh, to the point now where I would recommend them, my answer would be no. I think there's solar panels that I'm very comfortable with, but solar shingles, I, you know, I'm I'm concerned about their durability and their longevity. And every time I've evaluated them and seen them at, say, uh, you know, building trade expos and things like that, I found that the warranties on these things don't even come close to the warranty on an average roof. So I'm concerned about how long they're going to last and, and what it would take to replace them. They're very, very expensive as well. So um, I'm not um, a proponent of solar shingles yet, although perhaps that can change in the future. Now, as to your roofing project, you mentioned that you have asphalt shingles, shingles on top of cedar shingles. I actually had a very similar roof because I have a very old house that was built in the 1800s. And uh, just about two years ago, we 
took off uh, that original layer of, of cedar shingle, which had been covered by asphalt shingles over the years, and it was in amazingly good condition. But we pulled it off, and then we resheathed the roof. So this, this particular type of roofing project is an expensive project because usually cedar shingles are on top of furring strips, and you have to put plywood down over those furring strips to do it right. Your option is, of course, just to pull off the asphalt shingles and put another layer on top of the of the cedar, um, and you'll get more years out of it. Uh, but it won't lay, you know, as flat, clean, and, and nice as it should if it was on uh, proper sheathing. Does that make sense? Yeah, I know all that. Uh, the local the local code is uh, you're going to have to go down to the uh, rafters, which means you're going to build up existing furring strip and the, the existing you know, the thicknesses. Well, what I would do is I would leave the furring strips in place and attach the plywood right to that. That's that's going to be a little less work. And, uh, you know, with an old house, it doesn't make sense to pull those off. Just leave those and put the plywood right on it. Al, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Still ahead, do you have a finished basement? How about a finished basement that has its own bathroom? We're going to tell you what you need to know to install a below-grade toilet after this. Hi, I'm Norm Abram from This Old House, and when we're working on our projects, we listen to The Money Pit. On The Money Pit Radio Show, pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home by calling 888-MONEY-PIT. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. Money Pit. The Money Pit is brought to you by Lutron's new Maestro Occupancy Sensing Switch. Never ask, who left the lights on again? Starting at around $20, this motion-sensing light switch turns the lights on automatically when you walk into a room and off when you leave and works with all types of light bulbs. 
Learn more at LutronSensors.com. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Hey, do all those new gifts and gadgets from the holidays have you looking around for maybe some extra storage? Attics are very tempting storage solutions, but before you hoist the boxes up there, keep this in mind, not all attics are designed to hold stuff. Is yours Perhaps could it be modified to do such? We'll find out on our homepage at moneypit.com. Now we've got Nicole in Illinois on the line who needs to fix a crack in a wall. And you're saying it's from an earthquake? When did you have an earthquake in Illinois? Uh, it, well, it was just a really small earthquake. We get them, we get them just randomly, about one or two a year. Wow. Because we're, we're right on, uh, there's some fault that's down south of us. And now that fault has worked its way up into your wall. So what does it look like? How big of a crack is this that we need to fix? Uh, it's about an 18-inch crack, and then that's going down from the ceiling, and then it uh, goes like it goes diagonally up up the wall, and then hits the ceiling, and then just go, moves horizontally on the ceiling for a couple of inches. So it's 18 inches long altogether. Yeah. How old is the house? Uh, it's not very old, like 99. Okay, so it's in it's a drywall crack then. Yes. Uh, many people will simply spackle that, but the problem is that if you spackle that crack, the wall is now always going to move. And the walls always do move, but now that the wall has a crack, the two sides of that are going to move at different rates. And so the crack will reform. The way you stop that from happening is by taping over that crack with drywall tape and then spackling it. Now, now taping with paper drywall tape can be a bit tricky. So there's a product out that's a perforated drywall tape that looks like a netting. It's like a sticky back netting. And that type of perforated tape is the best one to use because you put the tape on first and then you spackle over it. You want to do two or three coats, starting with uh, smaller coats and then working wider as you go. And remember, the thinner the coat, the better. I'd rather you put on more coats than put on too much spackle, which too many people tend to do. Then it kind of gets all gooped up and piled up on your wall and you'll see it forever. So thin coats, two or three thin coats, and that should do it. Okay. All right. Thank you. You're welcome, Nicole. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEYPIT. Well, if you've got a basement space at home, adding a bathroom can make that space more usable and add to your home's value. Yes, but gravity being what it is, bathrooms that are below grade need special considerations in order to go with the flow. Here to talk us through the options is a guy that always goes with the flow, (laughs) Richard Trithui, the plumbing and heating contractor on TV's This Old House. Going with the flow is pretty much your business, isn't it? We try to do it as much as we can. (laughs) (laughs) So let's talk about basement bathrooms. I mean, they definitely add some value, but because they're below grade, you really need to have some special considerations about building one, right? Right. Everybody really would love, if they have a basement, they would love to add a bathroom to it. Yeah, but can I jump in here? I mean, you know, there's a time when I like to go look at houses just for fun, not that I'm in the market to move, but I enjoy going to open houses. And you'll get there, and on the listing, they won't say anything about a bathroom in the basement. And then you get there and it's sort of like the, oops, by the way, there's a bathroom here. Just ixnay on the bathroom. Eh? Oh, it just that it exists and nobody yes. talks about it? Like, are, are there codes? Are there local reasons well, why you wouldn't be able to have one? Well, there are codes because you have to make sure something is properly vented and mm-hmm. is permitted. And it, in, in the case you talk about, maybe that's the case that one of those conditions were not met. Typically, most people want to have a bathroom. Now you look in the basement and you, and you look at where the main drain pipe leaves the building. If the main drain pipe comes down through the building and exits at a point four feet up in the basement wall, there's no way that you can have a basement bathroom that works by gravity where mm-hmm. you don't need a pump or some other method. And so you're locked out of a conventional way. If you do look and see that pipe go down into the floor, it means that it will turn to horizontal, to 90 degrees, and now you can open up the concrete floor and you can break into that 
uh, piping, and you can actually have a bathroom down in the basement. Now, everybody wants that, but it's a big job. You break up the concrete. Now you, now you've, you can put in the drain lines for both your toilet and your shower and your lavatory. But now the challenge is you have to find a way to vent that entire bathroom group. So it means that you either have to run a vent pipe up through the building and carry it up to a point to the highest point in the building before you exit the roof and then reconnect to the vent stack. And that often becomes prohibitive. So the conventional way is, is oftentimes the much more difficult way to do it and to do it legally. So there's other alternatives. Uh, some people love these beautiful macerators. It's a, um, there's a couple of different manufacturers. One of them is Santa Flush, I remember. And it has this little box that lets you put the toilet uh, pipe. Maybe you just have to build up a short stoop. You might only go up by 12 inches and have the bathroom uh, 8 to 10 or 12 inches higher. And now everything works into this little pump unit that macerates any solids, but also sends it out through a, a one-inch discharge pipe. And so now it becomes almost un, unlimited to where you can put a bathroom. You know, you're the only guy I know that would ever use the word beautiful and sewage pump in the same sentence. <laughs> well, that is my dementia. A beautiful macerator. <laughs> that's right. Oh, that's wonderful. <laughs> that was a great movie. <laughs> so, so the other thing that is, uh, if you if you want to have a more conventional spread and not use the macerator, you also could dig a pit in your basement and put in a thing called a sewage ejector. That's a receptor that's going to take in 30, 40, or 50 gallons of liquid. And that liquid would be liquid and solids. And so then you would rough the... Waste. You mean waste. Absolutely. (laughs) So you would rough the bathroom into the basement, have all of its drain go by gravity back to this receptor. Now, in that receptor, at the bottom of it is the equivalent of of a sump pump. And so as the level rises, then and only then would that pump come on and it would then pump the, the effluent, the liquid, up and into the conventional uh, drain. drain line. But that sounds like you need some sort of property to have that. You know, you're, you're digging holes and making you need pits. A ja- you know what you need, Leslie? You need a jackhammer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, it's a lot of work. We did it. I remember we did it in year one of uh, Astisle House. It was one of the first how-tos we ever did. And it got unbelievable response. And it was before we even knew about the macerators mm-hmm. or showed them. But people really would love to have that. It expands their living space. If you have a basement, it's a shame not oh, please. to have a... My son tries to go to the bathroom in the slop sink in the laundry room. That's well, like his dream. Well, I'm like, well, you're not allowed. <laughs> Nothing like little boys. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta like, love them. Not allowed. Well, the other thing about putting that sewage lift pump below grade is now you can tie in your, your sink and your shower easily. That's right. You can have a full bathroom down there. Right. 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 And I know you can do that with a macerator, but it has to be up elevated like a few inches, right? To get well, things yeah. to go Sometimes in the right direction. Yeah. 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 You, like you could put the macerator... Down below the grade, but that's more work than it's worth. The, the ones, the macerators are generally used to be above grade and you build up from there. Now, there's also an eco-friendly one that uh, we see more and more people at least being interested in, which is composting toilets. You know, it's sort of uh, like having your own little compost pile uh, in, in your own bathroom. And uh, they do a good job in places. And I think we're going to have to look at these more often. We did a story on Astis House this year about the very real water supply issue in the American Southwest. And if you've ever seen any map of how hot it's getting, water is a big, big story now. Mm-hmm. And the toilet is one of the major uses of water uh, in, in the house. And it's either, it's either the toilet is the biggest one or you're trying to have a green lawn. And both of those things will be challenged going forward. And the, some of the macerating and compost toilets will use much less water. So the options are to use the existing system, to use a macerator, to use a sewage ejector system or a composting toilet. Um, I imagine they all have their own unique maintenance needs 
Uh, is one more work than another in terms of maintenance? Well, anything, if you've put a foreign material into anything that has a pump, the macerator or the sewage ejector, it's going to be an issue. It's going to clog or something. So you've got to be careful. Uh, anything that goes in it is no different than uh, the life of uh, on a boat. You've got to make sure that anything that goes into the into the toilet is something you've eaten first. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and easily composted later. <laughs> <laughs> and I think we'll leave it right there. Richard Trithui, oh, the plumbing and heating contractor on TV's This Old House. See, I told you he always goes with the flow. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you so much for stopping by the Money Pit. Great to be here as always. All right. Catch the current season of This Old House and ask This Old House on PBS. For local listings and step-by-step videos of many common home improvement projects, visit thisoldhouse.com. And This Old House and Ask This Old House are brought to you on PBS by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Still ahead, you might be freezing right now, but soon we will be enjoying the great outdoors once again. We're going to have a preview of outdoor living trends to expect after this. You live in a body pit. It's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Pick up the phone and give us a call. You will get help with whatever home improvement project you are working on, but you'll also have a chance to win a great prize. We're giving away the MyQ from Chamberlain Universal Smartphone Garage Door Controller. Now, this is pretty awesome because it will pair whatever garage door opener you've got right now at your house. And it sort of pairs it up with the special smartphone system, the MyQ system. So it'll allow you to open and close the door from wherever you are in the world, make sure it's closed, see if you left it open. I mean, there's a ton of ways that you can monitor what's going on in your garage all right from your phone. And it installs in minutes and it uses your home's Wi-Fi. So everybody should be able to hook this up. You can get it right now at the Home Depot or homedepot.com. It's a prize worth 129 bucks. but give us a call with your home improvement question for your chance to win. 888-666-3974. Well, Leslie, our minds might be on winter, but before we know it, spring will be here and along with it, new trends in outdoor living, right? Yeah. First up, we've got a brand new word. I love it when people just invent words just for the heck of it. Here we go petscaping. It means pretty much what you might think it does, landscaping your yard with your pets in mind. And it's an easy way to just really incorporate everything that's going on with your family. All you have to do is know which plants are harmful or hazardous to pets. But you can get pretty elaborate. You can create separate areas for them to play and, you know, for their bathroom duties. I mean, you can really petscape your yard to your heart's desire. Now, another trend, almost half of all homeowners are using their backyard space for entertaining. And that means that there are a lot of extras being incorporated into those spaces. Everything from outdoor speakers to fire pits, even LED lighting that could be controlled from an app. And speaking of apps, gardening is now going high tech. There's everything from apps to help you plan your garden to sensors that will tell you when you need to water. Need more tips? They're online right now at moneypit.com. 
Now we've got Shirley in Nebraska on the line who has a foundation question. What's going on at your money pit? I have a townhome and the dirt around my foundation, due to the drought, uh, pulled away. I had somebody come in and grade it, fill it with dirt and uh, some river rock on top of that. However, my basement is a poured concrete basement, you know, where they have the metal rods in different in the sections, and I have some fine lines of cracks going down and maybe going out about six inches from those rods. Do I have to be concerned about that? Do I have to fill those in with something or, or do something, paint over it? Or Generally, those are shrinkage cracks. Whenever you pour that much concrete, you get a fair amount of shrinkage cracking. And so if they're fine lines like you're describing, I, I wouldn't worry too much about them, Shirley. Okay. That's that's considered fairly normal with a poured concrete foundation, which by the way, is one of the most it's one of the stronger foundations that you could have. Mm-hmm. I I just didn't have all those before the you know, before the dirt problem, so that's why I was wondering about it. Yeah, and I would make sure that, you know, you maintain proper drainage around the house mm-hmm. so that you're restoring the dirt that shrunk away and then it's always sloping away from the wall because that's gonna keep make that's gonna make sure you don't get excessive moisture because the other thing could happen, you know, when it's not uh, dry out and we get very wet weather excessive moisture that uh, can have an adverse effect on a foundation. So just make sure you always maintain the proper slope on the outside and fill in those uh, those gaps as they occur. Okay, thank you so much. All right, thanks so much for calling the Money Pit. Coming up, mold, it can take on a lot of different forms, and it can be kind of hard to diagnose, except, of course, when you see that green fuzzy stuff growing out of boxes that's in your basement. You know, that could be a good sign or a bad sign. We're going to tell you how you can get rid of mold the safest way possible after this. The Money Pit is brought to you by Glisten. Glisten makes it easy to clean, freshen, and maintain your dishwasher, disposer, microwave, and washing machine. So improve the performance of your appliances with cleaning solutions from Glisten, the machine cleaning experts. Visit glistencleaners.com. Where home solutions live, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Well, two people born 10 years apart require different types of health care and upkeep. The same is true for houses. When a house was built, factors into the care it needs today. If you want to stay on top of your home's needs, saving big in the long run, check out our home repair tips by age of your house. They're outlined right now on our homepage at moneypit.com. That's right. And while you're there, you can post your questions and let us know what you need some help with. And I've got one here from Noah who writes, I think green mold might be growing in my basement. It's on furniture, boxes, and the plastic tubs. I've sealed all the vents from the basement to the first floor. I'm getting sick a lot lately, too. Do you think that this is what's causing it? You know what? Uh, it sounds potentially pretty serious. I don't want to alarm you, but uh, and we can't be certain without seeing and confirming uh, what you have with a lab test. But from your description, it sounds like it's a type of mold called aspergillus. And under certain conditions, this type of fungus uh, can have an impact on health. So I think in your case, 
considering that the problem has gotten so large, you really need to have an inspection done first. You need to have a test done to confirm exactly what you have and try not to disturb anything between now and then because if you try to clean this up on your own, you're going to release those spores into the environment and that could make it worse and potentially contaminate more of your house. So I would hold tight, get a test done, figure out what it is, and you can take the steps that you need to do that. Uh, Just to give you a sense as to what it takes to rid a home of this level of mold, it's kind of like ridding the home of asbestos. The basement area where the mold is will have to be depressurized so that any spores get drawn right to the outside and then cleaned up very, very carefully uh, with people that know how to contain it so that it doesn't get out uh, and really cause a bigger problem than you've already got. All right. I hope that helps. Um, Really, definitely look into this sooner than later. Next up, we've got a post from Francesca who writes, I bought my first home in 2009 and I don't think the attic fan has stopped running yet. Geez, that's six years. I went in the attic and adjusted the temp to 110. It was at 60, but this fan also has a humidity control. What should that setting be? I turned it up to withstand a higher level, but it's still running. Should I be concerned that my attic is that humid, or should I completely turn off the humidity setting because it's not needed? I mean, first of all, the reason that it it was running all the time is because the temperature, it's a thermostat, and the temperature was set so low, it was set at at 60. It was never meeting that. Well, no, actually, it was meeting that, and that's why it was on all the time. In other words, when it hits 60, it kicks on. Now, normally, you have it closer to around 100 or so when, when it kicks on. But the thing is, I don't think you really need an attic fan, Francesca, and the latest data is really that they can potentially do more harm than good in terms of driving up your cooling costs. I would rather see you remove that and install uh, a continuous ridge vent down the entire peak of the roof that will let out a lot more hot air working in conjunction with the soffit vents on your house than an attic fan will. So I would simply disconnect it and improve your passive ventilation. It's far more effective than having a fan. All right, Francesca, I hope that helps you out because you really don't want to be pulling your heated and cooled air out from your conditioned spaces through the attic. So just let's see what's going on with this attic fan and maybe disconnect it for a time and see how it goes. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Hey, thank you so much for spending this hour with us. If you've got tips that you'd like to share, please post them to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash the Money Pit. We always enjoy reading your comments and your questions. And remember, if you do have questions, you can post them there or you can pick up the phone and call us 24 7 at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. If we're not in the studio, we'll call you back the next time we are. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. You live in a money pit.